Welcome back, everyone, to another Black Create Connect podcast episode. And we have today in the studio, the home studio, we have Sarah Najuma, the founder of the Virtual Assistance Diary. Yes. Fantastic. Big up yourself. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> so for those that don't know, right, this is Sarah's first podcast. Ever. Ever. <laughs> and you don't want to hide your face. We'll come oh, no, closer. okay, let me get let closer. Me <laughs> Yeah, this yeah, is your no, first. This works. This is a very comfortable sofa, by the way. Oh, you're off. make yourself at this home. Is, you have to tell me twice. All the pillows you need. Listen, I'm a, I'm a pillow babe, so all right. I love pillows all over. But honestly, welcome Thank you. to today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. Honestly, when I first got the email, I was like, now what the hell do they want me to talk about? <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? At this point, yeah. <laughs> It's been a journey and I think now I'm at the stage where I can actually share things because I've had enough things happen along the way to get here. I'm like, I'm still here. The business is still moving. I'm still running as a person. So yeah, let me go on a podcast and see what happens. Yeah, (laughs) and talk about the things that you've experienced. Like, you'll be surprised. You never, like sometimes when you go through an experience, Mm. like work-wise or for a business, you never really necessarily reflect on your journey like mm. step by step so it's really good to kind of have that space to to do that so welcome yeah. thank you for joining us for having me. i say us me well <laughs> listen, us. <laughs> listen at this point people don't know this but behind the scenes you're wearing every hat so it's us, it's us. <laughs> <laughs> but um okay cool so before i kind of get into what guests mm. are usually doing now mm. i like to understand a bit more about their background, their yeah. history, mm. what's made you you. Mm. I know you're from Uganda, right? Yeah, Ugandan. Talk about, let's talk about your childhood. Yeah. Tell me about young Sarah. Let's start with there. Take Ooh, it away. Wow. Um, young Sarah, you know what? There's a lot of qualities in me from when I was young that are probably still very much here. Still a chatterbox. Young Sarah, chatterbox, risk taker, very fearless. Mm. So my background, um, grew up in Tottenham. Mm. Uh, you, parents are both Ugandan, moved here in like 1989, early 90s, um, to seek asylum. Mm, mm. I'm the youngest of eight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got five sisters, two brothers. So I've got a massive family, very, very big family. Um, and especially when you're the youngest of a big family, you have to make your presence known. It's eight of you, right? Eight. That's so much. That's so lit though. Oh no, it was great. It was great. But what it meant was, I think subconsciously, you know, you have to create space for yourself. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was just always of the nature. Like if I'm in the room, you're going to know I'm in the room. Like when I was younger. So like, I'm the person, my parents probably thinking like, how does this girl always end up doing these crazy things? Or like just wanting to do things that are just out of the ordinary. So Mm -hmm. I think for me from young, being someone who would just try new things and different things, was very second nature to me. I think when I got older is when I started to have a bit of maybe fear about certain things. When I was younger, I was pretty much just like sky's the limit. Very free, which I liked. What's the most freest thing that you've done as a child that you do not regret? <sighs> what, what age are you talking? It's a good, good question. I'm, I'm going to go with early teens. Oh, early teens. I don't know if it's, the most 
outlandish thing. But in terms of when I was in secondary school, like just the, the things that I would do, like I did dance, I did basketball. But in those um, spaces, like we were able to like travel. I went to school in Tottenham. That's not mm. common from someone to say, oh, my school took me abroad. And oh, really? We, yeah. So when I did dance in year 10, we did a dance tour with an orchestra, random, <laughs> to Memphis <laughs> for 10 days. Wait, you went to Memphis? Yeah. In America? Yeah. Oh, for dance. And that's I think sick. I would say maybe that is one thing. Yeah. Because at the time, I was just like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, yeah we're just going to go abroad and, and dance. Yeah. No problem. My parents, they let me do these things. So I guess if they weren't panicking, I had no reason to panic. Yeah. But in hindsight, I'm like, wow, that's actually quite a, a brave thing to do. Mm. Especially like when it comes to the confidence aspect. Mm. Um, I think even though I was very insecure in lots of different spaces when I was a teenager, mm. I think there were some arenas, especially when talent came into play. If I felt like I was talented in something, mm. confidence felt very limitless. So I would say that's probably one of the most fearless things I did in my teens, going abroad to do dance. So, and, and you went with no parents? No parents, but I went with, you know, like obviously per- like adults, you know, and adults and there was like, probably like 10 of us in the dance group. So Mm-mm. we're friends. So it was like comfortable. So no, it was great. It was good. Um, but I think the fearless aspect is knowing that you're going to a place in the States that's mm. not necessarily welcoming to mm. black people. And this is something I was very conscious of from being young, but mm. it's not something that made me think when I go there, it's going to make me shrink myself or, you know, not perform to the same level that I would do if I was in Tottenham. Mm. I'm still going to be the same either way. And yeah, it was a great experience. It was crazy. Why was it crazy? It was crazy because you're in a place where you're so far removed from your culture and Mm. what you're used to, Mm. even just hearing people talking Mm. um, and how they receive you Mm. um, and just choosing to make the most of that. And I feel like when I was younger, in those types of moments, I was like, that's what it felt like to be present, where you're literally just like, I'm in this moment, I'm going to make the most of it. Every second minute, I can remember everything of that trip because I was so immersed into it. But when, as you get older and you start, especially when you're, you know, having these experiences of success in your career, it's so easy to be so either stuck in the past or stuck in the future that you're not really Present. present, whether it's to enjoy the things that are happening that are very good or to deal with issues that are happening because you're either trying to escape or you're trying to deny how good you are or something. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, so it's just like, it was it was just settling to be in a space where you're just present so and free. free. Yeah. So, so yeah. God, I haven't thought about that in a long time. I know. <laughs> That's, do you know what? When, as I was saying that, I'm thinking about... Um, I want to make sure that your face is in the in is in, is in the cam, mm-hmm. and we don't we don't miss your be- beautiful face, oh, you know. You. <laughs> but yeah, you get the mic. Sorry, guys, but um, I just want to when you're saying what you were saying about going on tour to Men- Memphis. I remember when I was um, maybe like eleven or twelve, mm. and I was in Oliver Twist in the theatre. Really? Yeah, really? and then I remember when I when I think back to it, I was I played a boy at the time, and like what you're saying, mm-hmm. the emotions of just feeling like this is just fun, mate. This is just freeing. I'm doing consider yourself at home mm-hmm. on stage and. You know, just pickpocketing on stage for fun yeah, and just yeah. it was such a freeing experience. And 
sometimes I've actually looked for like um, creative, like theatre classes or whatever, just to exp- have that feeling again of just being able to be free yeah, in the space. Literally, I think something I try and do. What you just said now is so interesting about trying to find those spaces again because mm. even recently I started doing netball again. Did you? Oh yes. my goodness! What what position do you play? I well, I used to be <laughs> I used to be a goal attack. Same. I'll, I'll go shoot. I'll go shoot. Go shoot but my fitness levels. Go we, we are humbled. We are. We are humbled. I will even be a goalkeeper at this point. I got. I got very humbled. <laughs> but oh, you know, netball. yes, because I used to love Same. netball, and I was like, as you get older. Mm. What happens is you go to uni or well, you go to college, you mm. kind of still have hobbies. Yeah. But you don't really call them hobbies. It's just things that maybe things. you continued from school. Yeah. Then you go to uni, but you're so immersed in the social life of like, just like meeting people, going out, whatever it is. Then you graduate, you start working because you're just settling into that working world. You don't even think about hobbies. But once you're in the working world and you're settled, it's like mm. you wake yeah. up one day and you're like, well, what else is there? Listen, <laughs> honestly, yeah. like I was having this conversation with my best friend literally mm. last night. We was like, like it's almost um, living Groundhog Day. Is it Groundhog Day mm. or um, the Truman Show or something? Like when you just relive the same day over and over Truman again. Show. Yeah, that's that's what it can get like mm. when when you're just working and you forget about your hobbies. Yeah. And because I remember, I really enjoyed my childhood. Mm. I've like, like you said, we had netball, then there was drama class as well. Or there was dance, like kids like, in your area. Yeah, like people mm. that used to the youth clubs. Um, you know, some people did guides. I did like Pathfinders, which was like a Christian version of, okay. of that. Like, why do you think? I know you mentioned that we just kind of get caught up in um, adulthood, but why do you think that we don't actively? So we're having this conversation now. Why mm. do you think adults don't prioritize doing like activities and hobbies and everything? Now? I think it just falls at the bottom of the priority list because you're just mm. so consumed and I don't think it's a it's a purposeful thing Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you just get buried into what's happening Mm -hmm. and it's until you kind of either snap out of it and say whoa like I can't wake up finish my day Mm -hmm. and then between the time of like not working and sleeping Mm -hmm. I just eat and watch tv and that's it Mm -hmm. but then the only times I really enjoy myself is the weekend when I'm going to see people that's if I even have the energy to Mm -hmm. go and see people Mm -hmm. It's true. What happens in between then? No, it's true. Um, and going out, like for me now, I'm at the point where going out is like, chore. it's a chore, but I'm always, <laughs> there's no chance. <laughs> Sorry. I have to leave, no joking. Yeah, no, no, it's it's true. no, no, I need, it's a, true. I need a seat. Um, that's why I love these day brunches. Cause it's like, it so you mean I can leave at this time and be home and okay, cool. But that's it. But that's it. Day brunches yeah. have become a new thing because people don't want to go out no more, but mm. it's like, I'm just, I just need something that keeps me active. I can mm. laugh. I can mm. even be part of a team of people. And um, yeah, it has nothing to do with drinking, nothing to do with having to just exert so much unnecessary energy. But it's something that just like strikes that kind of childlike thing in you. Mm. That's so needed. Yeah. Because I find that whenever... Like, I was, again, I was talking to my best friend yesterday and I thought, yeah, working and making money and everything is fine. But I find that I'm most happiest when I'm spending time with my loved ones just not thinking about what we're doing. Yeah. Like, I'm not thinking about what, what we're eating, what we're doing. We're just, we're just chilling. Yeah. I'm actually most happiest then. Yeah, literally. And being very intent. Well, I'm, I'm trying to be more intentional about how yeah. I spend time with people. Even like, 
you know, I'm going for a hike in June. I'm like, oh, I've never done a hike before, but let me try it anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, yeah, let me just explore. Let me just explore just something different. Yeah. Don't have to travel all the outside, you know, to Timbuktu. Let me just go to Cheeky Wells and see what's over there. Yeah. And, you know, um, but yeah, I don't know why people don't do it, but I don't think it's purposeful. I just mm. think sometimes people just don't realize that they've let go of so many things. Mm, I think maybe someone might hear this and think, oh my God, actually, no, I did like, actually, let me retract that. I think men are quite good at doing it. Men are great. Very good it. at doing it. They are. Yeah. Because I have so many male friends that will say, I've got football on Sunday with the yeah. boys, or I've got football on this day. And, and, and they're very strict when it comes to those things. Or the, I don't know if gym is necessary. Most counts, guys are still, yeah. But They'll have gym or they'll have basketball, Guy whatever times, it is. All of that. They, they have that. Whereas I would say I see it more of my, I, can't, I don't know if I can say the word female, women friends, yeah, my yeah. lady friends. And they don't have hobbies. It's because, I think it's because men are children for longer at heart. Yeah. And where we just mature quicker. So we're just thinking about life and yeah, being yeah, an yeah. adult. Yeah. Whereas men are very kiddy mm. and even my dad as well like I at his grown age he will be the one I'll never forget funny story my mum will probably kill me for this but <laughs> he was he's obviously my dad at the time because obviously I was alive yeah and um was running around the house playing tag like running like running around the house playing tag and then um no he was, he was chasing me for a cracker and then I ended up um running into this big cabinet that had like all their wedding like mm. cutlery glasses plates and the whole thing came smashing down <laughs> and um my mum was furious like if you saw the contrast my mum was furious like you guys you want to put down the house da, da, da. my dad was just laughing and laughing yeah. and I was just like oh you guys are the same age and this is like and that's so yeah. that is so you saying that men are just much more ch- children at yeah. heart. They're lighthearted, but they but in a way it's weird because but they can switch it. They can switch it because mm. in the grand scheme of things, they seem to be the rulers or the people in charge mm. most of the time. Obviously, the track we're in a much more even space at the moment, mm. but generally they seem yeah. to be so it's interesting. Yeah, and it's just giving yourself that permission to like have an imperfect life where you can yeah. you know just say you know what I'm not going to just pour too much into work mm. I'm going to pour into work mm. 100% but mm. let me leave some space for myself I think now I'm just like actually what space is there for me mm. I think you know doing things like therapy has probably made me more conscious of things like this where it's like all right you've got time for work you've got time for your friends your relationship you've mm. got family mm. what is the space for yourself look like it can't mm. just be self-care Sundays mm. Self-care Sundays are cute. I love a self-care Sunday. Don't get me wrong. I am, you know, self-care Sunday queen. But I'm still at home and it's, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's not enough for me. So I'm not saying everyone has to go and play netball. Mm. But I think it's like, think about the things that make you feel like this certain just excitement. Mm. I think at this stage I'm like I need an element of life that's just for me where Mm. I'm like this is my area of excitement I go there I don't think about nothing I don't even have time to think about something because it's occupying me so much that this is all that can consume me in Mm. this moment Mm. so so yeah and that's what makes you happy basically yeah that's so important that's important and I I love that for you in regards so just quickly just touching back on your childhood so Mm. when you were young you were quite creative you were open Mm. First of all, who massively inspired you? And second of all, 
what did you want to do? Like, what could you see yourself being when you were younger? You know, everyone had this. Oh, I have, have the answer to it. Okay, okay, <laughs> yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. But um, who inspired... Okay, so in terms of, like, in my family, mm. I think there's different ages and stages of where I was inspired by mm-hmm. people, but immediately my mum and my dad, mm. massive inspiration just because of the life that they've had. Mm. Like, I mean, I can share because I don't yeah. think it would be a problem to share but um like my parents when they moved here my mum would have been like maybe 26 but I probably would have been in his um late 20s early 30s and they both came here seeking asylum um and I'm like at your age you guys moved to a different country but not only that Mm. you moved here because you know like my dad's here in exile he was um you know fighting for you know there to be better rights for people in Uganda at the risk of his own life, moved here, started a new life. I think by the time my mom was 27, she had lost her mum, her sister and her dad. Adopted what? my cousins. And I'm like at 27. Just her mum, her sister and her dad. So who was she left with? Brothers. But oh all in Uganda. Goodness. So she's here basically by herself. And I'm like at 20, I'm I'm 28 now. So I'm like, I can't even imagine taking on that massive responsibility, but I would never have known these things. Mm. I I learned about these things as I got older, but then in hindsight looking, I just, I'm like, my parents have so much grace. They are so supportive of people. They are the people I'm always like, they're always helping someone. I think growing up, I probably had like about a million uncles or aunties living in my house at some different point. And there was was no complaints at all, but not even that, just seeing them work. My mum was very entrepreneurial Mm. always. I'm like, oh, okay, mum's doing property or mum's doing this or she's doing that. I'm like, okay, so she's quite ambitious. So when I'm talking to her or my dad about, more so my mum, but talking to her about things that I want to do, it's never been why do you want to do that? It's more just like, okay, all right. Whether she was just letting me talk for the sake of it, but her silence or her not pushing back on things was like an okay for me. Mm. So just seeing her just be a working woman, but also someone who's just such a caring, fun, loving mum. I'm just like, oh, okay, you're a little bit inspiring. And seeing them in the community and how people was relating to them, how people mm. respected them. I'm like, okay, so the way you guys treat people and how they give love back to you, I love that. Like you pour into I the community that. and they pour back into you. I okay, cool. That. Like my house was the space where every Sunday I felt like people were always in my house. Maybe not so much as I got older, cause I think mm. just the way of life has changed. People just tend to be too busy working to mm. socialize in that way. But growing up, um, yeah, they were just so welcoming to people. Mm. As I got older, I would say like in secondary school, they were like the key prominent teachers where you didn't like them at first because they will try you know, keep you in check, but then you grow a relationship with them and they start mentoring you. And then you start actually, you know, seeing yourself differently because they see something in you like, look, why, why do I want this more than you want this? Mm. You know, okay, why, why do they want something good for me more than I want it for myself? And so that, yeah, yeah. so that, that, that shifted um, something for me and, you know, they were very, they were black women, very inspiring um, women who just within the school system were constantly leveling up. So for me, yeah, I just feel like I had so many like positive 
role models in different spaces. Mm. Um, and then someone who's more far away, far removed from me, but she would like to adopt me at any point in time, I will take the application. <laughs> Oprah. It sounds oh, yeah, very cliche. No, 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 of course. But that is someone who, and it will go on to what I wanted to do. I wanted to do presenting um, um, before. And I was like, I don't just want to be a presenter. I want to be a media mogul. So like Oprah Winfrey, that's my inspiration. I love how she like, you know, inspires people, how she impacts people, the work that she does to pour into people. So, so yeah, those, those were the people, people who, that inspired you. who inspired me. Yeah. So what stopped you from getting into presenting? What was that? Nothing journey? stopped me. I actually, I think what I've accepted in life is that just because you detour from something, it doesn't mean that that's the end of that journey. Mm. So for me, I, I had to release and relinquish my need for control. <laughs> so, you know, the presenting, the, the point that I took it to is where I needed to be. Mm. And life said, actually, have a look at the business world. Mm. You want to be a media mogul? Well, let's work on the mogul part of it. Mm. <laughs> no, it's true. It's so true. I think it's not something that I rule off completely, but I think what I realize is that you know how I said about not wanting to come onto like a podcast too prematurely without feeling like I have something to actually talk about yeah. and share. I felt like at the time I wanted to do it, it was good that I had an idea of what I wanted. But at the same time, I wanted to make sure that what I'm actually talking about and how I'm connecting with people Makes is from sense. a space of like intention. Yeah. And I'm actually talking about things that are, you know, beneficial to people. I don't want to just have conversations that are either hypothetical for no or for no reason. And, you know, you're not taking anything away from it. And I want to be able to say, rather than talking hypotheticals, let me come from a space of lived experience where I can actually be comfortable exactly. to share my life and share myself so that you're not hearing me talk in third person or talk about something that has no connection to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so yeah. So not that it's the end of the road for it, but it's just the time that it will happen will be when it's ready. Yeah. Do you know what? I can completely connect with you on the, um, on the presenting front of mm. things as well, because I, when I was young, I wanted to get into the acting, the arts, the musical yeah. theatre, the I presenting. see that, I see that for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really wanted to get into it. Um, and my mum was okay with it. My dad was less okay with it. Mm-hmm. He just saw it as a path of destruction. <laughs> um, so it, I didn't get into it. But as I um, was in university, I remember there was one, there was someone that recognised me and was like, yeah, um, I'll bring you in to do presenting. I think you'll be great. And there was one recording that he brought me. He brought me to to someone. Ironically enough, I won't say their name. I'll tell you off, off camera. Mm. Who's really popular? Popular now as in a presenting world, but not. I don't think necessarily liked. Mm. But anyway, um, it'd be that way sometimes. Y- yeah, I know. <laughs> so he he brought me on set with them to do like a like a screen just to see how we were together on camera. And the things that we were speaking about, I was like, I just don't care. Like, I don't care enough to talk yeah. about this person's outfit on the red carpet. I don't care. Like, someone will, but I... It's I just not me. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't. And I was like, maybe... I was like, let me pause on this. For, and this was, like, maybe eight, nine years ago. And I was just like, yeah, this is this is not for me. And then, again, again, the presenting that um I was given from that person, it was just always... It was entertainment-led, but it wasn't purposeful. Yeah. And then that's when I had the same exact feeling as you I said I'm only gonna ever have a podcast or only ever gonna do speaking engagements Mm. if 
it's there to better someone else mm. or to inspire someone else. Um, so I love the fact that you're aligned in that way because I think we get one life and there's only so much not nonsense that we can be talking and record. It's like, it's like, FYI, everyone listening and watching, it's a lot of effort to record podcasts and to go and speak somewhere or go and present. Mm. You have to get ready. You have to prepare yourself mentally, sort of energy. Mm. And to do that for, for not really anything, I don't think of great... Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't want to feel drained. That's the thing. But this, I know it's going to pour into me. So I'll leave and I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so energized. I just had this conversation. You know, I'm like, I want to go deep. Exactly. Like, even you ask me these questions, I'm like, oh, I haven't been asked these questions before. Or, you know, which is true. Like, not many people ask me these kind of questions, um, either because they might be afraid to ask these questions or have these conversations, Mm. or it just doesn't come to mind. So it's like, oh, this is nice. It's nice. And I'm a huge fan of deep, meaningful chats. Like, sometimes I will call, I have specific friends that I will call and be like, I fancy a DMC today. Oh, DMC. Let's let's have a DMC. Mm. And I'll be like, cool, let's, let's go deep and sometimes it ends in tears yeah sometimes it ends and it's it's needed because yes I'm in therapy too therapy is great but sometimes you just need to connect on a level with people that's in your life Mm. on a level not a surface hey we doing how's work Mm. good yeah no like deeper yeah so you know literally like I think even on the therapy thing like since I started therapy I'm not in it right now but when I started two years ago, even my best friend, she started therapy maybe a year before me. And I saw a shift in her and I was like, oh, okay. That's exactly what I mean. Literally. My best friend, again, she started it last year. And I was yeah. like, I've seen her life, seen her like confidence. I was like, oh. Hmm. Yeah, and it's how she related to me, even though we had yeah. known each other since we were in secondary school. Yeah. I have never connected to her in the or even known her in the way that I've known her since she's gone therapy. So I was like, you know what? Wow. Hmm. Okay. Therapy started to just ring in my head. And I was like, even I've always said, oh, I want to do therapy. I'll do therapy. Mm. I had nothing against it. I would, Mm. I would always make not excuses, but yeah, it will happen when it happens. Mm. But then I was like, no, let's go therapy. Let's go. Mm. And now our friendship is just, it's different. Yeah. It's different. You talk about things. You talk about things, but it's even just how we talk about it. And Mm. to the point where now, like, you know how like you check in with people, but every time you check in, it has to be this long, lengthy conversation because you've gone so long not having a proper conversation. Whereas with her, it's like, it's maintenance. Mm. Like we're talking about something from the other day and just, you know, just carrying on, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it doesn't always have to be this six hour thing. It can be, we can deep dive in a good 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Because we because know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're having regular catch up. Literally. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it changed the way that we connect where it's like, yeah, we can do this. We can go deep, even deep anymore. This is just normal. Yeah. It's a standard. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's not, do you know what? It's so nice to, and I encourage anyone that's out there that has, friends like best friends as well that they've lost touch with try to regain that because mm. I had I had a time where similar to, well I don't know if you had this but I had time where I was disconnected from my best friend mm. Mm. completely disconnected and there was an element of pride stubbornness not knowing how to communicate your feelings mm. um not being open you know and like what you said I think now we have more maintenance calls and we can just we just know what's going on mm. like I don't have to 
debrief you about what happened six months ago. Like, yeah. that's, that's really long. You just, know, really you just long. know what's going on. And you know me as well. So I don't have to explain, oh, yeah, the reason why I reacted like this is because mm. this will happen. No, you understand the story. Yeah. You've been around since secondary school, mm. you know? But um, back to you, right? So cool. So you wanted to get into presenting when you was um when you was younger. Mm-hmm. Um talk to me about your career journey. So from say, Even from the presenting stuff? So from so when did you do presenting? Was it was it twenties, um, thirties? What early from teens? like sixteen, seventeen. Okay. So when I was like seventeen, after college I would travel to bearing in mind I'm from North London. And well, now I don't live in North London anymore, but I used to live in North mm. London, um, Tottenham. Mm. I would travel from Tottenham to Peckham to go to um, represent radio. Every, represent? Represent every single week. Um, mm. So I was a BA there. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me start off here. And it was great. It was fantastic. Um, I did BAing for like two years there. Then I went to uni. And I was like, okay. I mean, what's, sorry, what's a BA? A uh, broadcasting assistant. Ah, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a BA for, um, well, I'll say her name because she's fantastic and I really like her. <laughs> um, Jam Supernova. So she's on okay. BBC One Extra now, but she's great. Like learned so much from her and not even just about the profession itself, but just that element of integrity. And she was someone who she'll come in, she'll do what she needs to do and she minds her business. So she is. And then she goes and respectful to everyone treats everyone so nicely even me just supporting like on the BA side where it's just like you know people can treat people people anyhow Mm. but she was always just so gracious um so so yeah something I really appreciated um just being able to yeah just just work with someone that way especially because on my journey working with women can sometimes go left or right so (laughs) we're hormonal sometimes or sometimes we don't know how to articulate our feelings exactly so that was a wonderful experience but um your question slipped um my journey with the career so yes I started off with the BA work and then another detour I started doing film studies in college so I was like "Mm, I could do film as well and I like writing scripts I've just learned something new a new passion um, and I was like, but do I have to do this or do I have to do that? Then I was like, you don't have to be in a box. We'll just do both. We'll just figure it out. We'll just, we'll just figure it out, you know? So um, me and a few of my friends, we started like our media company um, called Live Corner back in the day. Okay. And, you know, we all like, you know, we did like campaigns. I did like a campaign for rape and consent. I wrote like um, a short film documentary series. Amazing. So I, literally, I saw a tweet on Twitter and I was like, nah, this is frustrating. I need to write something on this Mm. and um yeah so then filming became something I did that in uni as well Mm. and I feel like (laughs) I was probably that person in uni where people are like does she actually go here does she go here because I'm there but I'm not really there but I'm kind of there because I was always back and forth in London either trying to like I was emailing people like hey can I come and like do interviews at your event you know like whether it's an SBTV summer cookout or whatever Mm. it is like just just let me in Mm. like I was that person who will email every single person a million times. Um, so yeah, so in terms of the presenting, that was happening while I was in like college and uni. Um, and then the filming picked up as well. Mm. Then fast forward to graduating, started to do production management a lot, but simultaneously started that corporate job working in Foxton's office management. 
I never forget Foxtons. Well, did you did you ever work at Foxtons? No, but I had my best friend did. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and I had some people that I knew that did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that face says everything. <laughs> Although my experience was great. Okay. Um, but then I wasn't a salesperson, so it was a very different experience being the person at front of house. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like while I was um doing that, I just remember thinking, yeah, this is like my um my Foxton's job is my side hustle that's actually investing in what I'm doing. Mm. Um, and, but at that time... What was the, the investment? Was it the film? Investing in equipment, investing right, in, right, like, okay. paying for everything. Right. Like, um, and I was not immersed in the working world yet. I was still very much just focused on passion. Mm. But what I didn't prepare for mm. is as you start to grow in those spaces, you start to obviously network and meet more people mm. and not everyone. I think I was probably quite green in, in like the reference of like just being a little bit naive in terms of like, you know, everyone's a great person. People always have good intentions and mm. that's not always the case. And I think that really is something that disheartened me. So like when I was in my early 20s, I think my first like couple negative, not negative, but I would just say maybe disappointing experiences where you're like, okay, maybe not, not everyone is as, as sincere as I thought. Mm. And actually some people are maybe opportunistic or some people only want to, you know, get to know you because of what they want to gain and not because of who you are as a person. And those things really made me just take a step back. Like, is this a space that I really want to be in? What, in, the, in the film industry? <laughs> film and music, like doing presenting. How did that make you feel? Um, I think it made me question what is the value based on? Is it based on what you can gain from me or is it who I am? And I think, you know, I'll just give you a small example. Mm-hmm. When I had released my campaign for rape and consent, I remember, you know, I was overwhelmed by the reception that it got very overwhelmed at the time. And um, I remember someone... DMing me on Twitter saying, oh my God, if I knew that you were going to like be doing this, well, I would have been your friend from before. I was, I was like... For those listening, I've turned my head and I've rolled my eyes. I was like... Oh, you could have kept that to yourself. That could have very much kept yourself. Didn't respond, of course, but it made me think, oh, like that's literally the sound that I probably made. Because it's like, that's, that's, that... I don't like. <laughs> it's so interesting that you say that because I see not just the music and film industry like that, but I see most companies, organisations like mm. that, when they see that you're in a particular position or mm. you know certain people or you've done something that's got a lot of leverage, people react to you different, respond to you differently. I've seen it. Mm. And unfortunately, it's a part of life. It is. Now... With that being said, mm. what's your views on... Because you can't be friends with everyone. No, you can't. Definitely. But there's some people that you can gain value from mm. and that can gain value from you as well. Mm. How do you think those relationships should be navigated? What's your opinion on that? You know what? I'm I'm so glad for the experience that I had before because what it made me realise before I get onto my other point is no matter what industry you're in, you cannot go to any industry and think it's going to be great. Every industry is going yeah. to be the same. I'm yeah. like, oh, it happens in business too. Oh, okay, it happens here as well. Yeah. So there's nowhere that people are going to not behave in that way. Mm. But you just have to learn to discern better. Mm. But also I think it's about where your intentions lie as well as an individual, mm. like your integrity. Mm. So it's like, unless I can actually be of value to someone, I'll just fall back. 
like when it comes to even things like networking events, which I'm I'm not really a networking mm. event type of person, but mm. I understand the importance of it. Mm. Um, for me, it's more just if I connect to someone, I connect, but I won't go out of my way to go to every individual person. I remember going to an event recently and the girl was like, oh, have you met anyone interesting here? I'm just like, girl, if you ask me that question, then <laughs> that's a problem on your end, you that's, know? Because yeah. for me, it's more just if like, if I speak to you and I'm just like, oh my God, we connect on this, we yeah. connect on that, we connect on this. For me, yeah, whether we do something together down the line is irrelevant. Yeah, The connection is enough. Exactly. And I think people don't realise that you should focus more on who aligns with you. A hundred percent. And those things that you want to quote unquote gain, yeah. don't even look at that. Think of, damn, how can I actually add value to this person's journey? Yeah. Like, how can I like contribute to them? Mm. If you pour into someone, then whether the energy comes back to you or not, is, yeah, you know, the, it is what it matter. is, yeah. but you should never give to expect it back. Hundreds. But um, I think that's probably a better place to be in that kind of abundance mindset mm. with people. Because then naturally God's going to say, okay, I see you. I see exactly. you pouring into people. Don't worry, I'm, I'm going to get it back to you. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, on that point, so I agree with you as well, because for me, I actually don't care about um, people's status. Or, not that I don't care. Yeah, I can tell. But, um, but yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't really, because it's, it doesn't equate to anything for me what I value is people that I can really connect with on a deep level and mm. I can have conversations with and we can exchange experiences stories and have build build relationships mm. because that's sustainable mm. like it's it's not trans because I've, I've had transactional relationships before mm. I mean I'm sure you've you've experienced them as well mm. and to be honest they feel a bit empty afterwards and I don't like the after feeling mm. I don't I don't like the after I feeling. owe you something yeah you owe me something I don't like the after feeling yeah, yeah. and I don't like the the, the the clout culture that we're in as well I absolutely oh, I can't stand it like the other day I told you I went to um, said event and there was particular individuals there that had you know had been on tv or actually I'll give you an example there's one in particular um who is a known presenter and mm. someone introduced them to me and was like, you guys should connect. You should have them on your podcast um, in person. And she was like, um, she was quite, I don't know, in the conversation, long story short, I didn't like her energy. Mm. And I knew straight away, I was like, I'll have a conversation with her, but I just didn't like, I didn't pick up on it, on her energy. I didn't like what I was, uh, the reception I was getting. Mm. I don't care about how, how many followers you have. I don't care about, mm. about all the audience that you have, because if you can't connect mm. and have a conversation. And then interestingly enough, I found out um, afterwards that there were some things that she had said that offend, that that was, a, what's the word? That was really horrible about my friend who is an artist. Mm. And I just felt like, I was like, it's a good thing I didn't, imagine I, I didn't pick up my energy and my intuition and didn't, yeah. have my, didn't have my discernment hat on. Mm. And I brought her on my show and then my friend was like, you interviewed her when she said X, Y, Z about me. So honestly, like mm. what you said, um, and people listening out there, build genuine relationships don't, and don't force. Yeah, be around things. people who yeah. are comfortable, not even comfortable, they, they make room for you to be yourself. Hundred because it's exhausting. Like I think what I realized this past year is I don't think you're actually an introvert. Like I'm not an introvert, but I I, I like to say that I'm someone who I like my own space. But I realize that actually I just get drained in spaces where there's this high expectation to have to perform, and I ain't got time. 
I just can't be asked. But this this high expectation. Literally, like even someone saying, So any interesting people here? You be interesting. Yeah. If you're interesting, you don't but, see anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. Like it's like, oh, it's that and that's the thing about networking events that I that I don't like as well. Mm. There's this whole who is everybody? What's everyone doing? And who look looking at name badges and I, I say this, I do put on events, but my events are much more, I do encourage people to just get to know each other. I'm actually not having any name, name, name tags at my next event. Mm-hmm. Just talk, just talk. Just talk. If, if you want to know someone's name, ask them. Yeah. Like, if you wanna, just, don't, don't worry about, because I don't want you to think, let me talk to that person because they're the founder of this or mm-hmm. this or that. No. Just. Yeah, and I even, that whole thing of even what people do, like for me, my business is like, I remember when I first started my virtual assistant business and it's like, okay, a little virtual assistant business. Oh, what is that? Just like a, like a, what, a PA or something? What's that? Not even, people would even know what it meant, but when yeah. I would say, oh yeah, you know, you're like supporting people of X, Y, Z and it's kind of like in their head, like, okay, cool, whatever. When I moved into my own place, then it was like, oh, wait a minute, what do you do again? Oh, so this- Is paying for your life. Helped you do this and it's yeah. like, yeah, but why does that matter now? I think there's just yeah. this whole thing that people have to associate things with something for it to be important. Yeah. You know, or it's like, oh, how did you end up doing this? Why are you here? I'm like, just because I just try to see where I can add value in life. That's yeah, it. exactly. That's it. It's not even about what I'm doing. I think for me, what I've realized, regardless of the title of what it is that I'm doing, I'm just going to be myself. Mm. That's the only difference. Mm, mm, so, you know, I think, yeah, find people who create space for you to be yourself. That is 100%, literally it. 100%. Yeah. So talking about, so as we're on to your virtual assistance business, so I know that you started that during lockdown. Just after just, lockdown. Just, just yeah, after lockdown, just after right? lockdown. Talk to us about how that came about, what you were doing <laughs> before, like what that journey was like for you. And you can be yeah, as yeah. real as open. Oh yeah, I can listen it's my story so you know it ain't gonna hurt me um but no so like pre-pandemic I had literally um so the pandemic started in March right of 2020 Mm. I had just started a new job in December 2019 January 2020 lost a job because the person who was my direct report left the job and he's the one that wanted the role so I'm like okay cool let me look for new jobs no problem pandemic happens no one's hiring for an operations manager, office manager, nothing, because there's no offices to mm, go to. Mm. So I'm like, oh my God. I'm yeah. When am I gonna get a job? Yeah. This is my like literally like my working profession. And when it comes to the presenting and filmmaking stuff, that's not happening. Exactly. <laughs> so um that was really tough. And because no one knew when that period was gonna end. I think for me, I was like, that's when I started to get into that mindset of, you know what, control what you can control. What you can't control, let go of it. Mm. Just just do what you need to do. And I, you know, started to like do other endeavors where it was like, you know, wellness things. Um, and then 2021, the beginning, so it was January, 2021, I had like the biggest mental breakdown and it was like a build up to it. I was just panicking, like, I haven't been working for nearly a year. I have no idea what the next step is for me, what I'm going to do. Um, I'm doing this wellness brand and I've just made my vision board. My vision board says I'm going to have a six-figure company, all these things, but where is the company? Where is the business? What am I going to do? And um, I had a conversation with my sister. She has no idea how much she was beneficial in this moment, but I was like to her, she lived in Dubai. Mm. At the time I said, hey, like it's really dark right now. Like I'm 
literally having inner negative self-talk, but it is deep, like really deep. Um, and I was just telling her, like, I'm, I feel like I failed. I feel like, you know, all these things I wanted to do. I feel like I, you know, there's no time to do it now. I feel like I've missed my boat. I feel like my ship has sailed. You know, I wanted to do presenting, but I took too long to get back onto it. And now like all this time has passed, you know, I want to do this and that, but I can't do it. Da, 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 da. She was like, go watch a TED talk called Grip by Angela Duckworth. And I was like, um, okay. That's so specific as well. Literally. Too. And it's so weird because I had the book on my bookshelf. Bought it during the pandemic. Forgot I even bought it. And I was like, Angela Duckworth, great. This sounds familiar. I look and I'm like, oh my God, I got the book. So I'm like, all right, that's that's a sign. Cool. Um, and even just before that, I read a book called The Celestine Prophecy, maybe two months before, which is kind of like The Alchemist, but way better. And when I saw the book on my shelf, I was like, okay, cool. That's an omen, like a sign. Watched the clip. And for some reason... Even though what you're saying was probably something I've heard a million times, like have resilience, all this stuff, whatever it is, mm. just the way she spoke to me, mm. I was like, why am I sitting here acting like my life is over? I have grit. I have resilience. Why am I acting like yes. I am literally like, you know, stuck? I'm not in cement. <laughs> so something in me just said, you know what? You want to have all these things, have the attitude for it. Mm. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to literally, I have no job right now, nothing. But what would I want my life to look like? I want to be active. Okay, cool. Let me try to go for walks every day, do a little workout every day, have the mindset. I had my little wellness self-care package company. All right, cool. Well, invest yourself into that. Treat it like a proper business and, you know, do what you have to do. Mm. Fast forward to March, leading to my virtual assistant business. Mm. I was like, okay, mm. this package is, is they're, they're selling, but this ain't going to get me to what I need. And mm. I don't know if this is really what I want. It's a lot of manual labor. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need to apply for a job. You know, I never want to go back into the office again. That's one thing I declared. Mm. So I was a part of a platform called Ada's List. And mm. it was, um, it's like a, pla- it's like LinkedIn, but for women. And um, people, you know, they post in there different things, whether it's job opportunities, et cetera, et cetera. And when you engage with a post, it emails everyone in the network. So is it still around today? Yeah, yeah, still around. It's still oh. around. Yeah, really good. So A D A S list. Okay, I need to and uh, and um, so someone put up a, a post saying, "Oh, I'm looking for part time admin who can do different time zones." And I looked at it and I literally rolled my eyes like, <sighs> "Part time, different time zones. Mm, I can do mm, that. Mm. Probably remote." Then I'm assuming. Mm. All right, cool. Let me just. Let me respond. I don't even want to do this because mm. I don't actually want to do any type of like office work ever again. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, like I have experience doing this. You can put my CV. I can give it on request. Mm. That's how much I just did not care. <laughs> All of a sudden I had women messaging me and contacting me and someone my, who was my first client, how I met the client that you also yeah. spoke to, found me on LinkedIn and was like, hi Sarah you know my name is XYZ I've got a you know like my law company and you know I'm looking for um, a VA can you let me know about your services first of all I never said anything about VA services ever oh wow look at ever look at the universe just coming and dropping money in your your lap not even just that it's the fact that my vision board that I created at the end of 2020 was like I want to work when I want where I want with who I want so Mm. the remote thing Mm. So when she said that, I was like, let me research VA. 
oh, virtual assistant. Oh, these are all the things I've been doing in the corporate world for the past like yeah. six years. Oh, okay. So there's just a different title over yeah. here. All right. Literally, literally three hours. So I was like to my mom, oh my God, someone's inquired about my VA services. And I had to teach her what a VA was within like two seconds. She's like, okay. I was like, let me just set this up, blah, blah, blah. Said to her, here's my Calendly if you want to book a time. We spoke like maybe the next day and she's like, okay, yeah, like I want to go ahead with your services. I was like, oh my God, that's my first client. But because of how I engaged with her and I was like, okay, so this, I can approach this as a business. Mm. The people who initially posted on Ada's list about the part-time admin turned out to be a quantum computing company based in California. Okay. And they were looking for someone who's based in the UK to help support the different time zones. Mm when they're, you know, when they were obviously mm. not awake. And so when I went to them, instead of being an, like an employee, I was like, actually, no, I've got a VA company. These are my services. This is my rate. This is what I do. Mm. And they were like, oh, <laughs> this is different. We've never done this before. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, kind of like a, not a take it or leave it, but a take mm. it or leave it. Mm. Even to the point where when they accepted that, like, you know, they wanted to work with me. They're like, okay, yeah, so, you know, we'll send the contract for XYZ rate. And I was like, oh, but my rate's actually this. And I was like, you know what? No problem if, you know, obviously, like, that's in your budget. Unfortunately, this is the rate that I have for all my clients. So I can't, you know, favor one person over mm. the other. They came back to me and said, nope, the rate is fine. I said, cool. And then that was my second client. That I was within, like, two that. weeks. I was like, if I start dropping my standards from now, I'll just keep dropping them. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. set the standard and keep it how it is. But... I was just like, I don't know how this all just happened in the space of from having a breakdown in January to now March the 4th, which is when I registered my business, this thing kind of changing. I was like, all right, I don't know what's happening, but this is what happens when you stop trying to control things. Just let things happen. Mm. Just trust the process and show up. Mm. So for me, at that point, I didn't really care about how people would perceive the business. Oh, little VA company. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Mm, no, <laughs> but I just, good. yeah, had my head down and just like, just do what you do. Um, and I think through my business, it's just been such a big blessing because I've been able to, through just seeing how I can obviously add value because you're supporting people, mm. meeting such amazing people that I, I didn't choose to work with majority black owned businesses and entrepreneurs. But that's just the way things have kind of turned out. Mm. Um, even obviously I have clients who are also not black, <laughs> mm. but it's been amazing being exposed to this world of like black success, excellence and yeah. success. It's like, wow, I'm meeting black women who are literally like, they've sold like million dollar, like million pound companies. And, and Crazy. Where are they? Who are they? Like we need to speak to them as well. Literally. How, I mean, I tell you off camera, girl. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. No, no, no. It's, it, it's like, how? Because I was saying the other day, you see men, even black men speak a lot about, I sold my company for 10 figures. Yeah. But where are the black women? I know that they're out there. They are there. Trust me, they are out there and they are doing amazing. And not even just their business. What I've realized in the past two years the people who I've been working with are so focused on how they can pour back in, not even pour back into people, but push people forward, like setting up initiatives. Is that the trend? Yes. And it's not even a trend. It's like, they, they're a lot of them are in like, before um, was, yeah, working with such amazing people, but just noticing a pattern, not a pattern. Yeah, no, a pattern um, where all of them, you know, they're successful. It's not just about them making money. It's not just about, oh, I'm successful, it's how can I actually push pe people forward? 
how can I pour into people? Setting up initiatives, whether that's like, you know, um, one of my clients, I can say this because this is something they probably want out there, but they have um, like a membership uh, group called Black Founders Hub. And it's for black founders who basically want to not, it's not just about generating more income for your business, but it's about creating a space where you can navigate your legacy. David, right? Yeah. yeah, don't worry. He's spoken yeah, on podcast yeah, yeah. about that. Oh, did he? Like, All right. <laughs> people that are David, <laughs> they'll connect the two. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like Dave, David being one of the people where it's like, ah, oh, this man just pours into people, Amazing. and he is so honest. And the other um, founders on Black Founders Hub, where yeah, they just nurture and pour into people. And I don't know if it's something that's come with age, where they look and think, damn, I wish someone was doing that for me. So let me do it. Um, and I think that's something that's missing for our generation in mm. some kind of way because a lot of my clients are around the same type of age, not to, you know, make age a thing, mm, mm, mm. but they all are intertwined in some type of way, but they all support each other mm. and are cheerleaders for each other, mm. which I love, um, where I'm like, yeah, this is why they get things moving. This exactly. is why there's this... Because they turn together. Yeah, and... yeah. It's not an underground world to them. Mm. It's more an underground world to us. Like for me, mm. I didn't know they even existed until I was exposed to them. Um, but I'm like, damn, I just wish that our generation, generation yeah. we can kind of jump onto that type of train as well, where it's mm. not just about what you can take and, you know, as we spoke about before, but it's about, hey, how can we give back? Give back but how can we connect together, support each other mm. and, you know, just push things forward? So, um, so yeah, so through the business it's given me exposure just to a different way of thinking about mm. business and thinking it's not just about having a business, but it's about how am I creating a legacy? And even I'm starting off with the virtual assistant business, like, yeah, I'm always going to have it, but I'm going to get to a point where I'm going to have to step away from it so I can actually branch into other things. Mm. So for me, I'm just like at the point now where I'm, got a business coach through Be The Business, yeah. where we're both board board members. Um, and, you know, one thing we're working on right now is how can I grow the business and structure it in a way where I can step away from it and it can run by itself mm. so that I That's can the actually... Dream. The dream. The dream. Literally, so I can just say, you know what? All these other things that I'm doing in different places, whether it's coaching, whether it's doing the workshops with young people, how can I actually just put more energy into that? Um, and build legacy, mm. you know? So, so yeah, not just about money, not just about, oh, I have a business. And listen, I'm like, people need to stop romanticizing having a business. Honestly, <laughs> again, I, I was saying this yesterday as well to my best friend, like literally everything I'm saying, I was like, I spoke to mm. all the things yesterday. And I said to my friend, I feel like I'm very tempted to post the journey of actually starting a business and running it because I don't think anyone's done ah. that. Like no one actually, like we all What did I say to you last week? Or to, we weren't went to record this last week. Why didn't we record? Because you, you took your time, right? Literally. Yeah. I was burnt out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel it. And Literally. I've been so tempted to just book a, tri- a weekend to, well, I probably will, it's not, like, it was very, yeah. very, very, very soon mm. because I feel the same. People don't understand the amount of no's that you get. They mm. see the the highlighted things and that's why with like LinkedIn and social media and stuff, I like it, but sometimes I need a break. Like, How do you navigate LinkedIn, by the way? Because I find it very overwhelming as well. I'm trying to. very overwhelming. Like, I'm currently overwhelmed with LinkedIn. Mm. And I'm probably adding to other someone else's being overwhelmed by me too. Mm. Because it's something that 
it's like I have to post, I have to post. That's a part of like what I have to do. I have to get my name out there. But it's very draining. It's mm. overwhelming. Mm. And I've, I'm currently deactivated of Instagram mm. because overwhelming. It's it's just too many things you're seeing. And I just need to focus on pre- what's in my life, mm. what's actually happening and taking place. Hence why I'm tempted to um, record my journey of this is the nose that I'm getting. This is how I'm navigating it. This is what I'm learning. This is the mistakes that I've made. Mm. This is how I am on some days. Like yeah. people always post the highlights. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, why do you think that is though? I mean, I'm trying to think if I'm someone who just posts highlights. So you you share, I don't really share much anyway. I think it's only in the past five months I've been kind of forced by people like Sarah, you need to share more. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I'll share like a LinkedIn post every six months. <laughs> um, I'll share more. Um, only because of my past experience in sharing things and the, the attention it got, I didn't like the attention. So for me, I'm a bit skeptical when I share things, whereas now I feel a bit more protected and solid. But for mm. other people, I don't know if it's an intentional thing. It might just be because my business is my business. Mm. So actually, I don't want to have to put all the negative bad things that happen it's bad enough that it's happening maybe I'm just trying to deal with it mm. so when I do share a highlight it's hey I'm still alive you know for me it might just be you know what this is a good day and I'm, I'm still alive mm. I'm still out here and mm. I'm still breathing and moving whereas other people I mean depending on how people share certain things I know some people can make things very polished and exaggerated and yeah. whatever it is and maybe people are hiding from themselves and being on the internet and sharing certain aspects of their lives in the way that they do could potentially be a way to, I don't know, like fill a certain void and feel important. I think the internet is a space where a lot of people can feel important if you didn't have a voice or you don't have a voice in your real life. And then all of a sudden you go onto a platform where people, you know, are receptive to you, then you're going to feel like, oh, I have to keep, doing this and just share this people are going to want this based on what I show so let me keep giving that Mm. if I'm really myself will people still like me could be that but I could be wrong no that (laughs) that makes complete sense I always have you ever met someone in person that has a big personality online but they're in person it doesn't align oh 100% 100% 100% but for me I don't know I don't What's the question you're asking me before I answer what I was going to say? Do you think there's anything wrong with that? Do you think it's okay to have a different persona? I don't know. It's, 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 in person? it's tricky because I think I'm trying to just have grace for people because there are definitely people where I'm like, okay, yeah, like this is just so phony and very narcissistic. Not calling people narcissists because I shouldn't demonize people, but lots of narcissistic tendencies where literally attention is what you're craving. Mm -hmm. But then sometimes I think, you know what? I don't know what's happening in people's personal lives. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what leads you to feel like this is the space where you need to feel validated. And also, I don't know what your intentions are behind what you're doing. Maybe I've just misunderstood what your intentions are. Maybe what you're sharing, you know, you're doing it, you know, for, I don't know, inspirational purposes, Mm. or maybe you're, you know, trying to build your confidence and Mm. maybe confidence has been a very big issue for you. So actually you want to feel good. Maybe you're posting these things that you can, you know, not necessarily self-validate, but yeah, like you can be a self-advocate, you know? Mm. 
Um, so I'm like, you know what, Sarah, just mind your business. Do you know what? <laughs> just mind your business. No, it's true. <laughs> and, 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 and do you know what? To, to echo that, right, I actually might going to say something that might be contradictory, but mm. I think it's okay to have a different persona online. Yeah. Um, because also, I think people need to respect that you're showing an element of yourself. Yes. One out of many elements, whatever chosen element. And I think the pressure that comes with showing, the only thing, the only pressure that comes with showing the outgoing you online is that when people meet me in person... They want to perform. They want me to perform. <laughs> they expect yeah. me to be... like they're, they're, like, waiting for something. And I'm just like, what do you want to do? <laughs> Put a point. Maybe something will happen. Literally, I'm not a dresser. I don't, I just, it doesn't work that way. I that's can't the, do it. That's the only challenge. That's a good perspective, actually. It's true. Because when people are, it's one aspect of someone. So, yeah, yes. no, I didn't think of it in that way. Yeah, because yeah, do you know what? I'm, it, it dawns on me when I went to Mo the Comedians, he had, he has like little shows on this road sometimes. And, oh, um, really? Yeah, little, little. Don't tell me that. I love yeah, your comedy show. No, <laughs> and, and they're cheap as well. I think he's practicing on us. But, um, but yeah, there's one time, um, someone asked him like you know do you find it draining being a comedian like in your personal life and switching off and they also said yeah because sometimes you just want to chill and mm. if anyone goes imagine you go to Mo the comedian's house or mm. if you go to dinner and he's there you're going to expect him to make you laugh because yeah. because he's a comedian he's not even funny yeah because yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a comedian yeah. like you're, you're gonna expect him it's like mm. and you'll go away if he doesn't make you laugh you'll be like Mo's not a comedian because I went to dinner with him and mm. he didn't make me not laugh. Not Do you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and that's and that's the pressure that you have. So I guess it's more about awareness. If you do mm. want to build an online persona, just having those clear boundaries, I guess, with that's what I post online and this is... Yeah. Do you find that people misjudge you? I know this is not about me. No, 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 it's fine. Yeah. No, you can ask me questions. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Like, I think people, like, I've even had guys, this is why I've deactivated my Instagram, because even the man them mm-hmm. will say, oh, you know, you're so, <laughs> you're so active. Oh, you're so out there. I said, oh, me? Because you've seen a post of me in Ghana five months ago, or because you've seen me posting a video that I recorded back-to-back videos in one day on holiday. You think mm. I'm on holiday every day. Mm. Like, it's just, uh, it's like, sometimes <sighs> the perception that people get can be overwhelming, mm. and I just want to quiet that sometimes. Mm. I can't, it's really hard to do it on, on LinkedIn because that's, like, my main work platform. Mm. But um, yeah, definitely, it happens all the time. People expect stuff. Mm. Even today, when I went when, when I went to um, uni, um, not that I think my <laughs> my program expected anything crazy, but she was just really excited to see me because I'm ex- I'm an exciting personality online. She was like, "Lucy," mm. I was like, yeah. "Morning." I'm tired. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. But again, so with, so with your VA work, right? Yeah. Um, I know you probably don't want to give us the, the secrets as to how you plan to expand. Ain't no it. secrets, but I can listen. Do you want to tell us? Give you the questions. I'll that's fine. Um, how I plan to expand it. Or 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 make it a business where you can step away. Team having a team so and actually taking my time so just to give a bit of uh just a backtrack after my first year of having the business I was like hmm I'm getting so many you know inquiries literally to the point where I had to like turn people away say no to people which is not a bad problem to have but I couldn't say yes to everyone 
And my problem was I would say yes to everyone. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm stretched. I was like, okay, let me get a team. And I thought having a team is just such an easy thing that you can just hire someone and that's it. Not realizing that you have to be due diligent in mm. who you're hiring, not just, oh, they seem they have a great personality. Oh, they've had a bit of experience doing this, but you need to be very intentional about that. And I, it's not like I rushed. I just didn't take enough time. Mm. I was very reactive to the growth. My business grew faster than I was ready for it to grow, which is not a problem to have. But at the same time, it's like, you need to run it, not let it run you. <laughs> so now going into, this is my second year of having a business. I would say last year was my year of lessons. It was the year of falling a million times. I felt like I was constantly failing last year, which is not a bad thing. I don't mm. think failure is a bad thing. Mm. But it was just like, oh girl, you're you failing a lot, boy, this year. People might not perceive it that way. But for me, I know. Because I'm like, oh, you are overwhelmed. You don't have capacity. You feel it. Mentally, you feel it. My mm. body felt it. I've gained so much well, weight yeah. because my body is holding on to stress. Doing much better now. Um, but yeah, like I feel like all the information from last year, from all of those obstacles and failures and bad choices, now I'm in a place where I'm like, okay, we're going to start from scratch. I had a team of five. I had to reel that back down. I had about a million services I was providing. I've niched it down. If you're doing a VA business or any business really, niche niche your business. Yeah, niche it, you know? Niche it. If you're going to start growing a team, take your time to grow a team mm. and actually look at what qualities are the most important for me. Mm. For me, proactiveness. Someone's proactive. Ah, that's fantastic because mm. you are someone who you're forward thinking. Mm. I don't need to tell you everything. Yeah. You will think assume, think about it, yeah. you know, and you, you're using like initiative. Mm. So I had to like write down the skill sets that were really important to me and make sure that hiring process, I do it thoroughly. Make sure that the interview process is not just some kind of, have you seen a video of like, um, it's at the Arsenal game and the security guard is um, patting people down, but he's not even touching them. He's literally like, you know how when you go for security, mm. they like pat down your body, mm. but he was just doing this. Mm. That's literally what I was doing for people to work in my company. Whereas, just, just, a quick... just a little. <laughs> now I'm like, mm -mm, we're patting you down. Turn around, around open the pockets, please. What's that? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So now I've been more thorough in that, making sure that even when I'm thinking, okay, if I'm going to be a leader, I'm not someone's boss. I'm not someone's like, I'm not telling them what to do. I need to, how can I actually enable someone mm. to thrive? Going back to when I used to work in a company called Hostel World, like a travel company, mm. um, I was like maybe one of the very few black girls. There's only two black girls in my mm. office, including me. And my director um, was like the chief human resources officer, my direct report. And, you know, when I first started working with him, because of my previous work experience, which I think I briefly told you about mm. the experience that mm. I had, I was like just petrified to do anything. I was just like, just do the job and that's it. Even I'm someone who's naturally proactive, creative. Yeah. I just want to be free. Yeah. He was like to me one day, so you don't have to ask me for permission to do everything. Like if there's something you want to do, just do it. And if you that. need help, let me know. Or if I feel like maybe you're just doing a little bit too much, I'll let you know. Mm. He never told me I was doing too much. And he was like, yeah, because I realized if I micromanage you, you're not going to flourish. Five, yeah. And I was like, okay. I've always kept it in mind. So for me, I want to be working with people where 
they don't need me to hold their hand. Mm. I can guide you and I can empower you and I can enable you, but I want to make sure that you're in a position to actually just listen mm. in, in, in the next year or two. I want you to think that you can do this. Mm. Pick up the skill set. Like I remember one of the girls on my team who literally just got a new opportunity in February. She had been working with me for like a year. Mm. Exceptional. The first two weeks of working with her, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to keep this one. <laughs> but I was like, give it, give it some time. Once mm. she settled in, the skill sets that she left with versus where she started. That's amazing. So different. But That's because amazing. of her character and her qualities, like out of this world that's amazing so good. shout out to Eleanor yeah shout out <laughs> Eleanor honestly Literally. That's, that's amazing and and do you know what that's another thing I think businesses um should always think about is nurturing talent based on attitude yeah because there's even one person I can shout her out Kimoy last year um I hired her into a talent assistant role um at the old agency I was working at she just came from Jamaica mm. no idea even what talent assistant was no experience um, but I taught her within like a couple of weeks because I was going, so I had to quickly teach someone to do it. And she was on a contract initially, like a three month contract. She's there, she's been like promoted for a, in a year mm-hmm. and everyone sings her praises mm-hmm. and says she's excellent. And I'm just like, thank God, like her, it's her attitude. Her, att- her attitude was so correct. Mm-hmm. And I tell her as well, because of your attitude, that's where that's what's going to get you where, you where you need to go. And I think if businesses took that approach and gave the benefit of the doubt to more people that didn't necessarily look or sound like them, there'll be so much more diversity in leadership roles and organisations. 100%. Even location-wise, like for me, even though, yeah, like I've I've had team members that are in the UK as well, Mm. I also made it a note, like I'm virtual. Mm. I don't need to just have a team that's in London or the UK. Mm -hmm. I made sure to branch out to different places, especially the diaspora. So... Mm. Um, last year, one of my team members were based in the Caribbean. She was in Montego Bay doing social media. She was amazing. Um, and then now I've got someone in Kenya who is like, you know, she studied something to do with the sciences at university, Mm. but she's so intelligent and it's not a surprise. I ain't surprised. Mm. Some people might be surprised, but I'm like, listen, let me tell you, if you see the caliber of talent in Africa, Africa? They will give you it's, a run for your money. Listen, like I said, <laughs> my, my blog, but the lady who writes my blogs, Ghana, mm. the guy who built my website and still manages it, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, there's talent out there. And I know there's Eric that interviewed in one of the podcast episodes. He has a company that basically draws in talent from all around Africa. Africa. He's got thousands on his database. Nice. Thousands. Like, and there's someone else that reached out to me the other day. From I'm Africa. Need Eric's details. Yeah, no, there's <laughs> loads. There's so much talent. Yeah. And there's someone else reached out to me about non-tech roles. He's got a lot of VAs and stuff in Africa. Mm. So I can connect you with him. But mm. there's so many. Yeah. And they they just can't be so I'm glad that you do that for your business. Because yeah. I I do that and I intend to continue doing that yeah. as well. Honestly, it's it's amazing. Like even just seeing how it changes their perspective on what they should accept like mm. when I said to like the girls on my team like okay cool so we'll do like some things to do with like wellness etc mm. etc because these were just normal incentives for me mm. in the working world mm. they're like sorry what in Uganda they will never do that they will never do like a wellness type of like so every month we'll have like collaborative growth sessions where you know we'll kind of like catch up mental health kind of check um not in like a corny way but just like okay cool so you know let's not talk about just business let's mm. connect how are we do like a brief a breath 
session, like breathing and everything, because, you know, you carry so much mm. throughout the month, especially when you're supporting people, which yes. you can attest to as well. You're carrying people's energy yeah. and you have to put it somewhere. So it's like, all right, before we go to this new month, let's... I'm going to incorporate, incorporate that with the team. Amazing. Because it's it's mad because I, I teach teams about how to be, you know, more inclusive and look after mental health. But when you're running your own company, you're doing so much, mm. you forget yeah. to implement it into your own organisation. Mm. So that's so important. Yeah, and it's taken time for me to get there. I think mm. I had to wrap my head around, and I'm still wrapping my head around how to have a team and I'm constantly thinking, am I doing a good job at this? Is there something I'm missing? I'll talk to my partner about it and I'll be like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this is the situation that's happening. How do I kind of navigate this? Like, especially when I, you know, I had a change in my team members and I was like, crap, like, what am I going to do? The best person on my team is leaving. And, you know, just talking about like, is it because of how I was leading? Is it this or that? And, well, was you know, so yeah, it, it's important to just, Give yourself grace if you ain't got it all structured and sorted, but, you know, take baby steps and mm-hmm. baby steps will be big steps at some point. So, yeah. I like that. You're very humble as well because you've obviously achieved a lot. Like, Life has humbled me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. Life has humbled me. <laughs> no, for real. Literally. For real, for real. I, I, I thought that sentence every day when I, I lift my hands oh, up to God and say, thank mm-hmm. you, know, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And... I feel like we can have a moment of gratitude. Just like a quick moment of like, what are you really grateful for? Right now? Yeah. Just, I, I feel, feel the energy to... Just, there's so much. I think this is the first time in ever where I'm like, oh my God, like things just feel like they're going to be okay. Mm. And I don't think it's because of what's happening in my life. I think it's because I've just accepted that I cannot control anything. So it's just like control, but you can control. Well, you can't control, let go of it. Like, you know, friendship wise, I'm like, I've got amazing friends that surround me. Even if we're not all at the same space of mentally, emotionally and whatever mm. it is, everyone's journey is different. It's like that understanding of kind of like what you said, mm. I know my friend, that's the most important mm. thing. So I'm like, oh, fantastic, great. I have spaces where I can just like have a safe space. I can provide safe spaces. Ooh. Yes. Okay. So grateful for friends mm. for the reasons that I said. Um, family, you know, mm. I've got a massive family. And I think one thing I've learned through therapy is accepting everyone for who they are mm-hmm. and accepting the role that I play in everyone's life, especially being the youngest. Oh, pardon me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that puts me in a very happy place, building like individual relationships with people in my family, like my siblings and whatnot. And actually just like learning who they are. I think sometimes when you're siblings of people, you just see them as that. Mm. But it's like, no, they're a person with a personality mm. and a whole life and world. They are the main character of their life mm. in their world. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that I'm, I'm very grateful for those relationships that I have with my siblings, my parents, especially. I think my mom calls me like every day and if she doesn't hear from me, she probably thinks I've been kidnapped since I've moved out. <laughs> so um, us having a relationship that we do have, I, I love that. Um, mm. My actual relationship, yes. um, I think, <laughs> oh, my love life has, uh, <laughs> it's, been it's, it's, it's been something, let me tell you. I've, I've been through the trenches. And it's, we've kissed a lot of, I don't even know if frog is the word at this point. <laughs> no, but, no, literally. But, um, but yeah, but the person who I'm with, like, 
I am just like, oh, wow, where, where have you been? Like, this is, um, yeah, someone who's just like, oh, we have a friendship. And yeah. you are just, yeah, like exceptional as a person. If he ever watches this, I know he's going to be cheesing his face, literally. Um, although he hates being complimented, complimented but um, but I'll give flowers. Where That's flowers beautiful are beautiful to say, though. It's so beautiful to say. No, he is literally like such a great person and someone who is just always, yeah, just pouring into people. Where did you meet? <laughs> through a friend no 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 no. through business oh okay so through a client okay yeah I like that yeah so one of the projects I was working on he was a part of that project so okay yeah kind of that. that. but it, that's okay yeah. like I feel like why are black people scared to meet through work because yeah. other races do it yeah like we time. never work together but I met him through that kind of arena so it's through professional even if he did yeah. like people yeah. Trust me, I've seen people in the workplace, you know, HR director, hypothetically speaking, mm. you know, <laughs> with whoever the yeah, company. Yeah, yeah. It happens all the time. Like, no, get married, have kids, happy literally, days. Literally, literally. But yeah, so I met him through, um, you know, one of the business programs I was working on with my client. And um, obviously it didn't start off that way. But, you know, you're around someone, you realise, okay, there's the connection and... Yeah, here we are. Here you are. I <laughs> yeah. love that for you. Yeah, so, yeah. And you know what? You are a beautiful person. Thank you. Um, You're you're beautiful. You've got a, a very bright, oh, like a bright that. future. No, <laughs> honestly, you, I obviously interview a lot of people and you you have a lovely energy. By the way, you smell really nice. Thank you. For those that are listening, she smells really nice. And so pretty. Thank such you. Such a a genuine soul and even from the first time we spoke I thought yeah I have to interview whenever we do whenever we do it next month this month whatever month we have to do it and I'm so glad like you managed to kind of come on and like talk about your your journey and be open thank you and talk about your business and show show what you're grateful for as well Mm. so thank you I'm grateful for you coming on today I was gonna say what are you grateful for what am I grateful (laughs) for right so I'm also very grateful for the people I have in my life. I've got some solid soldiers in my life. Mm. And I just think, wow, how do I have these people in my life? Mm. Like, just, yeah, I've got some really great friends. Um, My mum, my mum is just the best mum I can have ever. Mm. If If I need anything really from anyone, there's always someone there. Mm. Like I, I'm not with. I can't. I won't go without. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I go without, it's probably by my choice. But my pride. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not because it's not available. Mm. And I don't think a lot of people have that. So I'm really grateful that I have that. I'm grateful for people that work with me. Um, sometimes I'm not difficult to work with, but sometimes I'm not easy because I'm so. Um, I'm either really, what's the word? Occupied. So sometimes I'm not present because I'm thinking about something else but the people that I work with know she's just thinking about something else mm. she's not being rude she's just thinking about something else let me just arrange another time to speak to her or let me just do what I need to do like people are so patient with me mm. I'm so grateful for that um, <clears throat> I'm grateful for the ability to have a community that trusts me to I guess trust to be in the community in the first place that great connect like that's something I'm so grateful for um 
yeah, I'm grateful for just life. I know that sounds so cliche, but no, but it's not right now in this day and age and how where we are. There's people that are that potentially are struggling. Mm. That you know, mortgages are going up and everything. There's so much things happening, and people are really worried. And I can say that I'm just. I feel at peace. Mm. I feel cool. You know, and I haven't always felt like this. Mm. Definitely not. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that, man. Those are like basic, basic things. Um, and I'm also grateful for my growth. Yeah. This is interesting. This, I feel like this is a therapy session. I'm grateful, for, very grateful for, for my growth. I feel like I've grown individually because of the decisions that I'm making mm. and what's making, what's feeding my soul. Um, you know, it's crazy. I mean, not that bashment or anything is bad because I do love me a bit of bashment. But even day to day, when I think about like a year ago or two years ago, in the morning, I used to blaze up the soca, so soca, soca, bashment, bashment, all of that in the house, which is completely yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with it, right? But now I can't think of, no, I cannot do that. My mind is just so, I might play some gospel, I might play a talk, I might play, like I'm just consuming things that feed into me and mm. actually feel it help me grow. So I'm, I'm grateful that I'm in that place and I just hope it continues. So Amen. yeah. Amen. Literally. Yes. That was beautiful. Is there anything that you want to plug or you want to announce or talk about? Um, oh, not really. I mean, okay. it, you know, if I have something to share, I'll probably put it on my Instagram stories or LinkedIn, hopefully probably my Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to get used to LinkedIn. Um, so yeah, my Instagram is Sarah Noir with a E at the end. So Sarah with a H and an N-O-I-R-E. LinkedIn is Sarah Najuma. It's so funny because I never started giving my government name until like maybe like last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can just follow my journey. Um, I feel like I'm still learning to share more. So right now there's nothing to plug. But mm. um, but yeah, um, what I would say though is if you're a black man, mm. um, join um, a community called Black Men for Change. Um, it's an infrastructure organization that is, you know, has been created to help black men specifically in the UK, um, gain access to like resources and networks that can help them like move forward, whether it's their career or personal lives, Mm. um, and just access to just being in the room, Mm. which isn't something that we're always able to be in. And Mm. if you're a woman still join as well, because you'll have access to those spaces too. Mm. Um, in terms of people who want to get into business, if you already have a business, like David said before, mm. Black Founders Hub. Mm. Um, yeah, those are the those are the two spaces. Anything for black women that you know about? For black women, yes. Um, it, although it's not just exclusively for black women, but I think black women can benefit. The Compass Club which is Madeline McQueen. Oh, it's Madeline, yeah. yeah, yeah. Madeline McQueen, so the Compass Club, um, that's for women. So I would definitely say to check that out and Mm. look at that, um, because she's amazing. So not me being biased, she actually is amazing. She's she's just, but both of them. Mm. I just want to go for dinner with them. Putting that out there, Madeline and David, you're welcome to set me. Sarah can come along as well. We can go for Sarah can just come along, you know, yeah. as a plus one. Yeah. yeah, I like Thai, Lebanese. I love it. Maybe Italian. So yeah, <laughs> looking forward to the day. I love it. I thank you. I think you. it's amazing just to have someone who can create a space to have these types of conversations. Mm. I do not 
have conversations like this where I'm very forthcoming, especially for someone who I've just kind of met, but you just make it so comfortable. And yeah, like you just ask questions that are just not even important, but make you feel seen. So thank you for that. Just taking it in. I'm saying you're so responding, but I'm just taking that in. <laughs> you're welcome. I always respond thank you with a thank you because I can't mm. take the thank you, but I'm gonna say you're welcome. That's what I was trying to do when you were complimenting me. I was like, I don't know if you saw, I'm trying to get comfortable with compliments. It's, like, it's difficult. Do what your therapist said. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, just say it. thank you. Yeah, just say thank you. Say you're welcome. Literally. That's uh, that's all it is. But yeah, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for being on again. And um, for those that listened and enjoyed this podcast episode, please do share it with someone. Share it with someone that it might inspire. Um, also, try the exercise yourself. Try to think right now where you are. What are you grateful for? What can you say? that is great in your life that you're just thankful for and I think doing it on a regular basis as well helps to keep your mind 100% 100% yeah yeah I have to stay in that space where I'm like no what are you grateful for because yeah. it's like just a really quick one you're driving a car mm. and you're going straight if your eyes are looking here you will go there mm. so if you're focused on the blessings and what you're grateful for rather mm. than everything that's going wrong or whatever it is where your focus goes, energy grows. Exactly. So. Word, word. Yeah. Honestly, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. But thank you again. And um, thank you all for listening and staying with us. And if you'd like to listen to all the other Black Great Connect podcast episodes, check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, um, all the other platforms. And yeah, share, give us a rating. We're so far, we're on 5,000 Spotify. So you're more than welcome Ooh. to give us another five. You're more than welcome to give us five stars as well so um thank you so much for listening and i'll see you all on the next black create connect podcast episode bye